Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with EXP Realty out of San Diego, California. And my name is Brian Kochi, Media and Marketing Director here with Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools and techniques that you need to go out there and crush it in your business, whether that be real estate, mortgage, or really any business out there. We just want to give you everything you need to go crush it. And the way that we like to do this is to answer questions from you. And the way we get those questions is from our Facebook group, The Whistle Way. If you want to join the Facebook group, we share a ton of amazing stuff that we're doing in our business. We find good deals on tech equipment and camera equipment um, and and new systems and all that stuff. We're always sharing it in there. We're sharing little snippets of our office meetings um, and doing lots of fun stuff in there. So you can join the Facebook group, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and find out about upcoming events that we have going on by going to thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com. You can do all of those amazing things on there and find out when our next Media Mayor Mastermind event is, which based on things opening up, I don't think it's going to be too long from now, Brian. I hope not. We've got, we've already got 17 sold that we had to refund and because of the whole COVID, uh, but they've all said they want to come back. So we'll have three seats for the next one. So yeah. uh, we might be able to push them two this year. I think so. East coast before oh. you have your baby, your yeah. baby boy, yeah. Ryan's got a baby boy. On so you think way. we'll be able to do two before? Maybe. Oh, man, now you're stressing me out. <laughs> All right. I love it. They're going to go to the shoulders. <laughs> if you guys aren't watching, you can watch the show on YouTube. Uh, and so you can see Brian's reactions when he gets nervous and the arms start flailing. Yeah. It is what it is. All right. So without further ado, Brian, what is our question for today? So um, this actually comes from a good discussion that we've seen in our group um, and kind of all over the Internet with uh, as of May 1st, um, pocket listings are no go. You can no longer do. You can no longer advertise a home for sale unless it's on the market within 24 hours on the MLS within 24 hours. Is that correct? One business day is the... Uh, one business day. Yeah. Now, that, that's important, right? Yes. one business day from Monday is Tuesday. One business day from Friday is Monday. It's Monday. Yeah, it's a weekend. makes a big difference. So, um, first, go ahead and kind of tell me what this is. I want to talk about what it is. Is it good or bad for agents? Is it good or bad for consumers? Um, and then some of kind of maybe a sneak peek into kind of our thought process on how we're going to best utilize this. Yeah. So... The goal of this is really just to give everybody a level playing field. Um, There's a lot of deals, especially in the higher end, the coastal markets that get done off market. Um, So you'll also hear terms like pocket listings or private sales, things along those lines. And what that is, is where a seller reaches out to Alan, the agent, and just says, hey, Alan, I want to sell my house. And Alan's like, hey, I'd, I'd be happy to sell your house. I've actually got my friend Beth over here, the buyer that she'd love to buy your house. And a deal gets consummated and nobody ever sees it on the MLS. The only time people see it is in the public records when that is the uh, when a sale closes, at least in most states in California in particular, it's public record when a sale closes. Some states it's private. Um, And so no other agents ever knew that home was for sale. Now, the argument has been made that did Alan really get the best price for his home? Like did like. I don't know. Did he really sell it for the highest price possible if it just got sold to Beth really quickly? Because you could argue both ways, right? You could say, yes, he did. Or no, he didn't because there was no opportunity for multiple offers, right? But you could also say, yes, he did because if he put it up and no one offered for three months and then Beth came in, she might come in at a lower price. Right. So you could, you could literally argue both ways. 
there's definitely arguments that could go both ways. But the argument that is ultimately won is that Allen should have put his home on the market, gotten it full exposure to make sure that he got top dollar. Because what has happened is there are Allens out there that have sold their home and then after the fact been like, wait, why didn't I put on the MLS? You screwed me, agent, and now I'm coming after you. And so they want to avoid that. They also want to avoid all the other agents that missed out on it. Be like, if I would have known that was for sale, my buyer would have paid twice as much for that house. Like It wouldn't appraise. Yeah, probably wouldn't. So <laughs> they've really been trying to look out for sellers, right, to make sure that they don't get screwed by having an agent sell their home off market below what the true market value was. Um, and they also want to make sure that buyers get an opportunity to offer on those homes. So when a pocket listing happens, the buyers don't know about it. And there's buyers that get frustrated with that. Like, again, I would have paid more. I wanted that house. Why didn't I get an opportunity to see that? So they're trying to get away from that. Um, they're also trying to get away from the coming soon marketing that became a Bef- big deal. Before okay. we go to com- coming soon, there are also sellers that want to sell their homes without going public with it, right? Um, for privacy reasons, for celebrity status, for, they don't want people coming through. Yeah, you were the same way. You were like, hey, look, this can't, I can't let CNN find out I'm yes, selling. Like, obviously. this can't happen. Um, this doesn't kind of, this doesn't take their wishes into account, correct? They say, hey, I don't want it public. Sucks. It's, it's a little be public. bit tough. Now, there's, there's some strategies that I think they're going to figure out how to work around. Um, because, yeah, there's celebrities don't want, people knowing their house is for sale, but smart celebrities don't have their name attached to a house. So like Bill Gates okay. just bought a house here in San Diego for 40 plus million. Oh yeah. It doesn't uh, say my old place. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that we <laughs> sold privately for. It doesn't say Bill Gates on the tax record. It's obviously hidden within an entity. And what entity is that? I don't recall. Oh, dang. nothing associated with Bill <laughs> Gates. Nothing that would make you think it's a Bill Gates house. But, um, so celebrities often conceal their ownership within entities. Okay. Um, so the coming soon listings are also, or coming soon marketing is also gone. Yes. Gone from Zillow, gone from everywhere. Um, so there's not completely coming soon. Okay. will still exist to a certain extent. The majority of MLSs have added a new status called coming soon. Okay. And so the way that this works is once you publicly market a house, that could be, uh, putting it on social media, putting a sign in the front yard, um, running a TV commercial, putting it in the newspaper. Once anything public occurs... Posting an, you said posting an ad, yeah. Yeah, once something public occurs, it has to be on the MLS within one business day. Well, the MLS has said, hey, we understand like that, that could cause a little bit of an issue, so they came up with a status called coming soon. Now, each MLS is probably going to run this a little bit differently, but I'll tell you at least how our local MLS is going to run it. Here in San Diego. Here in San Diego, California. The way they're going to run it is that you have to put a property on the MLS within one business day of publicly marketing. So let's say you have the sign get installed. Today is a Monday. By Tuesday, you have to have it on the MLS. Well, just because I have a sign up doesn't mean the house is ready to be shown. So I don't want to make it active on the MLS because then once it's active, I have to show it to people. So you can put in this coming soon status. It could be there up to 21 days. And while it's in this coming soon status, it's going to be um, available for all the agents across the county to see but nobody can see it. No agent can see it. No buyer can see it. Not your mom, in not person. your dad. Nobody can see it in person. They can see photos. They can see 3D photos and videos okay. and everything else. And you could accept an offer during this 21-day period. It's going to be a sight unseen offer. So if it's on 
the coming soon status on the MLS and somebody writes an offer, a seller could accept that offer without that buyer having ever seen the house. And then they would have to move the property to active on the MLS Mm -hmm. and then immediately move it over to pending. And then the buyer could go and do their inspections and walkthroughs and all of that. And I think we talked about this. There is a rule. If it's on the MLS, you it has to be able to be shown, right? Correct. You can't just say, oh, it's on the MLS, but no showings for the Correct. next 60 years. Correct. Okay. So that's what the coming soon status is specifically for is, all right, hey, I have this property, um, but you can't show it and you can't play favorites. That's a, a big part of that coming soon status is they don't want you to be like, well, I could show it to my buyers as a listing agent, but you know, Barry, the broker over there, you can't show it, Barry. Like, no, you're not allowed to. So um, they have a level playing field. Nobody can see the home in person during that coming soon phase. Okay. And so some strategies. Some strategies, yes. Um, there are going to be advantages, <clears throat> pardon me, for some brokerages or for, for some, I guess, brokerages. Um, we already kind of mentioned the 24, the one business day. Right. So one of the little loopholes you could do is that you could put the property, you could start publicly marketing it on Friday. So you could be very, very strategic and have a guerrilla marketing campaign queued up to Friday morning. Everything goes sign goes up in the yard. Social media posts start running. You're door knocking and delivering invitations to everybody. You're pitching it at, you know, your broker caravan on Friday and you're throwing it up in social media groups. Uh, that are filled with other agents on Friday. You even do an open house over the weekend. That just requires by Monday, you have to have it active on the MLS. Now, some MLSs have actually put like a, a time where I've, I've actually okay. heard of an MLS that it has to be on there by two o'clock. Okay. But I've also heard of other MLSs don't have a, a time restriction. So there could be a strategy where you do this Friday starting at 6 a.m. and you don't actually throw it on the MLS till Monday at 6 p.m after everybody's already checked out for the day. So you're essentially getting yourself four days of public marketing time Mm -hmm. before it goes on the MLS. And as far as I understand, again, I'm not an attorney. Don't sue me. Don't say Kyle told (laughs) me it's okay. Um, The way I I understand it is there's nothing wrong with doing that. That stays within the rules. Now, say Alan, the agent, hears all this. He heard the rules and he says, yeah, I hear you're not allowed to do that, but I don't care. What if he does it? What if he does showings when it's incoming soon or it does coming soon fined and the fines i don't remember off the top of my head i think first fines like a thousand and then each subsequent fine goes up from there oh i mean it's thousands so of might dollars. as well just do it anyway right that's i there's gonna be a couple, lot of fines the grand. MLSs are gonna get rich <laughs> um okay cool and we've been we've talked with a couple reps from our mls and so we asked about hey what if we do this and they're they're pretty smart yeah we, we were asking a couple of things could we do it this way could we do it that way they go see what you're doing. No, you can't do it. It's, it's not, they're going with the, not necessarily the letter of the law, but more the intent. So even though, you know, you tried to get around it by marketing it this way or this way, they're going to be like, dude, it's from, from my understanding, it goes, it's going to go to a board of some sort and they're going to rule fine or no fine, but they're pretty smart. They can kind of see through we're trying to figure out different ways and they're like, no, you can't do it that way. Yeah. yeah everybody's going to try to manipulate it. Just don't just go along with it. I mean, who's it going to hurt? It's only going to hurt your client, not you. Just do it the right way. Well, it's going to hurt you when you get fined. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, and I kind of teased a little bit about how some of the bigger brokerages are going to be, this could help them or vice versa, the, the inverse, it could hinder smaller independent brokerages. Yeah. So one of the, 
I don't know if carve out's the right word, but one of the, the carve outs in this is that you can have an office exclusive listing, which means you can tell anybody in your brokerage. Um, now I need to clarify your brokerage means your specific brokerage. It doesn't mean I'm with the big blue company and I'm with the West franchise. I cannot tell the East franchise. So there might be five big blue offices in your city, but they're all different franchises. You cannot tell the different franchises. You can only tell yours. So when I go oh. on to the, in California, it's the Department of Real Estate, the DRE website, I pull up your brokerage. It's only the people that are in that brokerage. If people are in different franchises with different brokers, different responsible brokers, they can't tell people that are with the same um, same brand, but a different franchise. The way I understand it is they cannot share that amongst each other. You can only share it within your actual franchise office if you're with a franchise company. So help me understand this better for, for us. We're with mm -hmm. EXP. EXP is one company across the entire country. So we could share. Even with in Canada, right? And, yeah, and we, Mexico, um, Australia. That I don't know how it deals with crossing country lines. Not that I'm really that worried about it, but also we that have I a, don't know, but EXP is a single nationwide company. So we could share it with any EXP agent across the country because Even though there we are have no a, franchises. But we have anything. a California broker and an Arizona but broker. But it's one company. Okay. So there's no franchises within our model. So our 28, 29,000 agents, whatever we're at right now, we could share it amongst all of them. Huh. And that does not count as public. Um, so it doesn't require going on the MLS if I share it with my EXP agents. I okay. can also share it with um, prospective buyers that are in my database already. Um, now, in, I should not send that out in mass. That deem, becomes public. If I send a mass email to 50 people in my database, that would be considered public. But I could individually call 50 people in my database and have one-to-one -one conversations with them. Can you individually email or individually text? Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let your, uh, your attorney decide what, <laughs> what you can and can't do with that. Okay. Um, but the, Interesting. the way that I understand it is that as long as it's people that are already in your database and you're having direct conversations with them, you can tell them and that is not considered public either. So okay. any of your existing clients, and now people are like, well, can I run an ad saying, let's say I have a three bedroom, two bath home in San Diego for 500. Can I run an ad say, are you looking for a three bedroom, two bathroom home in San Diego for 500? And somebody responds and it automatically sends them the property. Like that's probably not going to. Uh, turn out well for we you. We were trying to be tricky yeah, and we were told that's, no. <laughs> that's not going to turn out well for you if you get in front of a, a mediator, arbitrator, or judge or whatnot. And we know um, that won't because we talked to them. <laughs> yeah. So I would probably not do that. But if you have a database and you, you're, we have 60,000 plus people in our database that we've compiled over the years, I could go in there and say, hey, who do I have that's a good fit for a three bedroom, two bathroom home under 500 in San Diego? And I might have 500 people. I could call all 500 of those people. And I mean, if you're following up with your people, and you've got them segmented correctly, you know who's looking for that. I mean, it's really built for if you have buyers that are in the market for that. Um, you should probably know who your hot buyers are that are looking for in that area, that size. Yep. So, okay, cool. Yeah, so there's that. And then the last loophole, um, and I don't know if this is a loophole, but the way that people will work this is, and this is pretty common in ultra luxury. So when I'm talking 10, 20, 50, $100 million properties, um, I rarely, call it regular. <laughs> Rarely will you see those listed with a single broker. Um, they co-broker those 
all the time. It's actually very, very common to co-broker. And what they'll do is they'll be like, I want the best agent from the blue company and from the red company and from the orange company. And I want the, those three agents. You are all my agents. And then those oh. agents go out to their databases and everything. So I don't know if there's a limit to how many people could be on a co-broke, like how many people can co-broker a listing or co-list. But if I had a $150 million property, but I wanted to sell it privately without it having to go on the MLS, I could hire the, a broker from all of the major brokerages. They could all collectively co-list my property and they could each individually market the home within their office. Now, now I believe, again, not an attorney, don't quote me on this, but I think that could work. And I don't know how it works, but I, do they split the commission between all three equally or whoever brings the deal, do they get the commission or? Typically it's split equally. Okay, so if you did it with 15 different brokers, they're not gonna be super stoked. But I mean, a commission off $150 million, I'll take a, I'll take a 15th of that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I've actually never heard anybody talk about that, but that was an idea that popped in my head that I believe would be compliant. I don't think there would be anything wrong with that as long as everybody keeps it within their office and their personal client database. That would seem to be compliant with the clear cooperation policy. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be sneaky. And NAR, I'm not an attorney. I'm not telling people to do this. This is just my understanding. And if it's not correct, just tell us before we do it. Yeah. When we list those $150 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Bill Gates' place in San Diego is 43, I don't think we have to worry about 150. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that's what we got for you guys as far as answering the question. If you have questions that you want us to answer on the show, again, go to thewhistleway.com. Join our Facebook group. That's where we get the questions that we answer. But what we want to do before we wrap today is go to uh, what we refer to as our whistle widget of the week. And this is something that we're utilizing in our business that either makes us more money, saves us time, or just helps us have more fun. So Brian, what do you got for us today? So I just started using this. This is a free tool that you told me about that helped me organize my thoughts, especially when building um, a funnel or uh, getting people from one spot to another. Rather than doing a paper or I was using a whiteboard and computer, it just never made sense. And it, for people like me, like you, Kyle, that are really visual, um, this is really cool. I did run into its limit where I think the free version, you can only use 60 shapes. And so I ran into that limit and deleted some steps from my funnel to make it work. Um, but it's called Lucid Chart. Um, and here is an overview look of what it looks like. And so I don't know if I want to go too tight in on this, Tom. Um, but what it does is kind of shows kind of how someone comes into our funnel and goes all the way through to the end of the funnel um, and just kind of make sure they get to where they need to be um, and where, where we're directing them and nothing kind of falls through the cracks. So lucidchart.com, I think is what it is. And uh, I think they have a paid plan for a couple bucks a month, but I'm using the free one. So far it works. Awesome. Lucidchart.com. I love it. Yeah. It's so nice to see the visual like this happens and this happens and then they either go here or here and then here or here and you could just really have it all drawn out and yep. see it visually. All right, what I got, uh, this is one, this company's blowing up right now given that everybody is working from home. Um, a lot of us in our offices have nice setups because we do a lot of webinars and Facebook Live videos and stuff like that and we've got everything dialed in with our camera and our lighting and our microphones and all of that. But at home, a lot of us don't have all of those same luxuries um, and so, we have to adapt. And so this is actually a buddy of mine owns this company. They're local here in San Diego. Um, and they've developed a really cool light for 
illuminating your face when you're shooting oh, is that with what like lights are a for? webcam. Interesting. They're lights also for to illuminating. See, they're also to see in the dark, Brian. Oh, okay. Yes. Illuminating your face or yes. illuminating the dark. Yes. Which is on your face. Cool. They're also for communication in the fog, and you can use lights to signal. Okay? There's a lot of uses for light, Brian. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this company is called Loom Cube. And so this is my Loom Cube. Again, if you're just listening to this, you want to see these things, you can follow, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you can watch all of that stuff, thewhistleway.com. This is just a tiny little light with a suction cup. It just clips to the back of your laptop or to the back of your monitor. And it is this tiny, tiny little light. I kind of want to just like turn it on here and aim it right at Thomas. <laughs> um, this is an insanely bright little light. I mean, this thing is... Maybe this size, I don't know. Like an Apple Watch. It's like a square inch. A cubic inch is what this thing is probably. It's tiny. Um, And it is so bright. It's amazing. Like it really, really lights your face up. It's very affordable. And then they have different little diffusers that you can put on it to, um, instead of having a light that shoots directly at your face, kind of disperse that light out. They got a white one. They got a, what color is this considered, Brian? Gold? CTO, CTO is is what it's what it's kind of uh, yeah. So this little thing, I mean, I think retail they're on a, they're selling for around fifty bucks or so. But I had this gigantic light that was like five pounds. It was hanging from my window. Um, and gigantic light. It, it was it was way too much. Now I got this tiny little thing. I mean, you could throw this in your laptop bag. Very very cool little light, and this will help, especially if you have like. Just the way your home office is set up, you got a window behind you. A lot of times your face is blown out or the window's blown out behind you. This can help illuminate your face so that you can actually see yourself on your video. So Loom Cube, L-U-M-E Cube. Out of yeah, and they were first uh, started out for drones. little lights for your drones. So yeah, yeah I was like, have you heard about this? And I was like, yeah, we, as soon as I started looking at drones, when they made the switch into not being able to fly at night without being illuminated, lighting up the dark, um, LoomCube is when I first was introduced to them. Yeah, so that's what we got for you guys today. Hopefully, you got a lot of value out of the show. Again, if you want to ask questions and have us answer them here on the show, subscribe to our YouTube channel, our podcast, or find about upcoming mastermind events that we're doing, go to thewhistleway.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you are staying safe. <laughs>